am sustained by your mercy. If I will make it in life, it will be by your mercy. If any man crosses over, it was by mercy. If any man finishes strong, it's by mercy. So God, as we journey through life, as we seek you, as we understand you, as we experience you, let your mercy abound for us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want to just appreciate choir. I believe the songs were, were inspired of God. Yes, because the topic I chose today, most of the songs that were coming up were just in line. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes some people sing certain songs, some of our gospel artists, and people don't understand where those songs come from. Only a man who has been forgiven great sins can appreciate the song and the one that you have shown mercy. Hallelujah. If perhaps God says, don't drink this bottle of Coke. If you drink this bottle of Coke, you will die. Or you go ahead, you drink the bottle of Coke. And for some reason, nothing happens to you. And you come to a realization, I deserve to be dead. I deserve to be dead. I did what warranted the punishment of death. But something just moved off that punishment and has given me a new hope, another opportunity to start fresh. That's the mercy of God. The mercy of God ensures that our time is stretched, our time is extended, hoping that we'll come to repentance, hoping that we'll realize ourselves, you know, and start following God. Amen. You are all welcome to church this morning. Please, you can be seated. Father, we just appreciate you. We thank you, Lord God, for this beautiful day. God, I don't want to be the one speaking here. I'm not an orator. I'm not an orator. But God, I want to be a vessel. Speak through me, Lord. And let the hearts of your people be receptive. Let their hearts be soft. Let their hearts be soft like a ground that has been tilled. Let the hearts of your people receive this word. And let the Spirit of God convict every heart in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for everything. In Jesus' name we've prayed. First, I want to say, Pastor sends his love to every one of us. Amen. So he has promised to be around on Friday with us for our Friday prayer meeting. So he says, I miss you all. So I'm saying, I'm saying it the way he said it. I miss you. I love you. I want to be with you very soon from Pastor David. Hallelujah. Amen. We give God praise. I also want to thank God again. We're having many more, many men in Majestic House Church. God just added another man to us yesterday to the glory of God. Hallelujah. God bless the family of the Kintunji with a boy. There have been boys and boys. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, God, for everything. Hallelujah. Please, can you just flash our message title? Amen. Okay, I'll just go on. You know, nobody comes to this world with a plan to end up a nobody. Hallelujah. 
when we get to the age of realization, when we start seeing that we are human, I'm somebody, I can be something. Questions start coming through your mind. Is this all I was born for? Is this all my life will be? Is there more to me? Those questions were put there by God because those questions are supposed to lead you somewhere. Those questions are supposed to lead you to God because you will only find answers to such questions when you find God. Hallelujah. Nobody comes to this world designed by Almighty God to be nobody. Are you with me? I will say it again. Nobody comes to this world Nobody comes to this world designed by God to be nobody. But several things happen in our lives as we grow. Because the growth process is part of life. In the course of growing, many things happen. Many things happen that could result in certain people being nobody. Hallelujah. A farmer will not plant without expecting the seeds to grow. God will not send you to this world without expecting something from you. Hallelujah. God sows. God is a farmer. God is an investor. He's expecting that one day he will reap fruits from our lives. And he's also saying, if I plant you and I see you're just occupying space, that is all you want to do. I will come. I will cut you off. But for those who are being productive with their lives, I will prune them. I will manage them. And they will blossom. Hallelujah. May God not take us out for another to be planted. Can we just pray that in our hearts? Let, let me not be uprooted because I'm useless to God. Because the Bible says, if a branch is not bearing, God cuts it. I will cut it off. Not just because I will throw it inside fire. And where that branch has been taken from, another plant will come out. Hallelujah. Let, let another not take my place. Let me not be the one that God has to take out of the picture. Because I'm refusing to shine. Because I'm refusing to be who he has created me to be. Because I'm refusing, I'm refusing to be a somebody. God created every one of us to be something and, and let me clarify when I say God created me to be something I'm not, I'm not trying to say I don't want to paint rainbow pictures because I, I try to be very I try to look at things the way it should be I don't want to try to excite you and say oh you will be a this, you will be a that but my desire is you will become who God designed you to be and not just trying to follow in another man's steps, follow in another person's, you know, way to earn your own identity. But you will be who God created you to be. Hallelujah. Can we go to John chapter 15, verse 1 to 2? Hallelujah. This is Jesus speaking. I'm the true vine. There are many vines, but I'm the true vine. People will spring from different places. But if, if you want the real, the real thing, that is Jesus. And he said, my father is a husband man. It's my father that comes to 
to ensure that the vine is, 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 is growing, that everything is in order. And Jesus is saying, every branch in me, a lot of people will come into me by salvation. People will come into me. But every branch that does not bear fruit, he will take away. He will take away. And when he takes it away, I tell you, it will not be long. Another branch will come out. That's why I said we should pray. Let another not take my place. Because I chose to sleep. I chose to be resting. Hallelujah. A believer's life is like a seed you plant. And we know for a seed to grow, many things happen. The seed will have to be put in the earth, covered with sand, these are, I'm describing a physical process, but we know that these are things that also go on in our lives. A time comes in your life, it's like you are covered by the earth, you are covered with darkness. Because when you are in the sun, there's no light. You get me? Under the ground. It's all darkness. But it's in the time of darkness that your covering, your coat starts falling off. It's the time of darkness that your roots will, will start springing forth from the seed. Hallelujah. It's in the place of darkness that water will touch you. You will encounter God. Because many things happen in darkness. Hallelujah. Some people in darkness. When God meets them in darkness, they sprout, they grow. But for some people, even when God comes to meet them in darkness, they refuse and they die there. May we not reject the water of God. May we not reject the watering of Christ. You know, when he comes... And saying, this is your dark situation. You are not going to come out as a seed. You are going to come out as a plant. They buried you as a seed. Are you with me? Situations covered you as a seed. But when they come around the next day, what do they see? Green leaves. A new plant has sprung forth. But it will now depend on you. Will you accept that water? Will you accept that calling? Will you accept that wooing of the Lord? Hallelujah. Even when the seed comes out, insects will attack the plant. The farmer will have to come. Spray herbicides, spray insecticides, and so many things to see that this plant survives. So we see that it's not even about coming out alone. The journey does not end there. There are so many other struggles we will have to go through, so many other phases to see that at the end, we produce a fruit. Everything happening to the seed is that one day this seed will become a tree, will become a plant that others can eat from. Hallelujah. So everything you're going through, the earth covering, the darkness, the water, the insects, everything is that one day, one day, people will eat from you. Hallelujah. Amen. The devil will do everything to fight your productivity. Everything to fight your productivity and to waste you. That is ultimate desire to steal, kill, and destroy. Ultimately, those are the three weapons he arms himself with whenever he meets a believer. I want to steal from you. I want to kill you. I want to destroy you. Ultimately, so that you cannot be useless in this frame of time that God has put you into. But we have escaped by mercy in the name of Jesus. Not all seeds planted will yield fruit. That is a sad reality. Some seeds are planted, but they never grow. That's a sad reality. So if today you find yourself, you are losing thirst for God. 
you are losing desire for God. There is no longer a restraint around you. You just want to fly like a bird. Do whatever you like. It's a sign that the waster is calling your name. It's a sign that somebody has come to eat up your leaves and to stop you from being ever productive in life. When you start losing desire for God, it's a sign that a plot to make you a nobody has just commenced. Can we just say, Lord, I interrupt every design of darkness to stop me from becoming who you created me to be. In the name of Jesus, I interrupt, I interrupt. It's a process, but I stop it. However far that process has gone, I put a stop to it. I interrupt, I interrupt every process of darkness to make me a nobody, to make me unproductive, to make my life meaningless. I interrupt it in the name of Jesus. You know, life in this realm, the realm of time, God factors several phases into, into it. At the point you'll be a child, at the point you'll be a youth, and at the point you'll be a father, you are grown. Hallelujah. And for each of these phases, there are expectations. There are expectations from us. As we grow in the Lord, you will agree with me, there are seasons in your life that you know God is calling you. He's calling you. There's this discomfort you are feeling. There's this unrest you are feeling. Every man will go through that. But not everybody will respond to it. You know, when this disturbance comes, I'm just calling it disturbance, but it's a call. It's a call. When the disturbance comes, some people will do something with it. But some will push it away. So tomorrow you see one sister that you wrote off. You said she will never become anything. You see her life has blossomed. You see everybody's coming to her. Please show us the way. What is God saying concerning X, Y, Z that is going on in my life? And she's able to, to, to convey the mind of God to people. Her life is strong. Her life is steady. She's growing in stature. She only became that because the day a call came, she did not disregard it. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible enjoins us. Today I'm calling you. This is your heart. Don't harden it. Don't harden it. A man who hardens his heart against God deprives himself the mercy of God. I've not defined mercy yet, but you'll be hearing this word, but we'll get to a point where I'll explain to you, this is what mercy actually means. If you're in a season in your life, brethren, and God keeps knocking on your door, midnight prayer, will you just pray? Okay, pastor said one hour. If you cannot do one hour, just do 15. Pray for your mother in the village. Pray for your father. Pray for X, pray for Y. But you think sleep is more important. And you spend eight hours on your bed. I tell you the truth. God rewards sacrifice. Something that we pay you when you are doing it for him. He rewards sacrifice. People become who they are. Because they chose to pay a price. Nobody arrives at the top by wishing. Hallelujah. And you know. When the devil now sees that God has taken interest in you, because the truth is, 
when you start exercising yourself I tell you the angels will start noticing ah, there is somebody that is always releasing a lot of uh, fire in Kuali there's somebody in Guarimpa that's always sending out smoke who is this? they'll come and check you out hallelujah they'll come and check you out and as you are attracting the forces the power of God the presence of God you are also drawing the attention of the powers of darkness because for them they are like if we let this person continue it will cause us damage it will cause us a lot of loss and they will rise to fight you hallelujah this season of preparation when we are preparing when we are trying to manifest when we are trying to, to be who God created us to be it will be heavily contented with the devil will fight it that is why you see some people in the critical seasons of their lives they enter wrong relationships hallelujah they take wrong jobs they start living to satisfy the flesh they start living the path they start they start they start taking shortcuts but it's just that way because that is a season of of, of decisions a critical moment in their lives as God is interested the devil is also interested but the Lord will grant us assignment and he will energize us because the spirit of God that helps our infirmities it's not like by ourselves we can really do anything this is that by your strength you will fail you will fall head flat but there is a provision in God through the Holy Spirit to help your weakness to help your infirmity to help you become somebody like I said nobody was designed by God to end up a nobody but if you fold your hands and you say I will not do anything you will say let the will of God be done let the will of God be done but you, you are not making any efforts you are not making any efforts to see that that seed grows it sprouts it becomes productive it's unfortunate that life may never become anything hallelujah you know the devil has wasted many people and if you have seen you see a look of regret in their eyes no matter how hard they try to hide it when they see someone who comes with so much passion and life for God they look at you like this is who I desire to be but the day mercy came knocking I was too hard I treasured pleasure above God and here I am may God help us because mercy, mercy comes knocking knocks on everybody's door and mercy comes in you know many ways it manifests in several ways may we not reject God when he comes knocking can we pray father when I'm at my weakest be my strength because by strength shall no man prevail. If anybody tries to tell you, oh, I'm too strong, I'm too strong, just smile and say nothing. Because you know your strength is from God. My strength is from you. I draw strength from you. When I'm at my weakest, God be my strength. For I know that by strength shall no man prevail. I pray for our children. That if there is any opening or window in their lives that the devil wants to exploit, it is shut in the name of Jesus. Our children shall not be stolen from us. 
Our children shall not be hijacked before our eyes. The mercy of God will envelop them. In the name of Jesus. You know the truth. When we've ignored the call of God, His advances, there is no way you can escape regrets. You can't escape it. Regrets just, it follows. I heard of a man, I think it was, I heard it was like 90 something, 80 something. He now brought out a book. He was now telling a young pastor, God said, I will travel the world. The young pastor said, hey, at 80 something, is now you are showing me what God wrote concerning your life. And you are, you are still shouting. But the young pastor was, was saddened. He said, this is what God said concerning this man. But it did not come to pass. It's not going to come to pass. He does not even realize it. He's still gingered telling me, God said I will travel the world. I will take the message to nations. No. Uh -uh. Time has passed. There was a time that grace was available. For, for the manifestation of that prophecy but when you ignore it my dear it passes and you, and you know one thing what one man rejects another person will come and treasure it look at Judas's character what was Jesus worth to him was it 13 having a shekels of silver something useless what did he use it to buy land <laughs> my god that was all jesus meant to him and he sold jesus he sold jesus but before he could even think of repentance he had killed himself because at a point he realized i did something bad but he, he didn't want to settle down think it through he killed himself god was never in him should probably have just just pause. God have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I've done the worst anybody can do. But don't throw me away. Don't throw me away. Let there still be something in my life you can use. But he killed himself. Where a man fails is another opportunity and platform for another to shine. Look at David. Look at Saul. When Saul fell, unknown to him, there was a small boy, very small boy. That God was already grooming to take his throne. So, you know, in this journey, don't take God for granted. Don't take his mercy, his love, his covering. Don't take anything he does for you for granted. Because there's another very little smally around the corner that will take your place. That will take your place. And is dying, is dying to be where you are. Hallelujah. Can we open to 1 John chapter 2 verse 12? We'll use the amplified version. 1 John. Yes. I'm writing to you little children. These are people who are just fresh. They don't know anything. There's no control. They do what they like. They're just living their lives says your sins have been forgiven that is their realm so always forgive me forgive me forgive me there's life beyond forgiveness are you with me 
Don't live your life like it's only forgiveness you can ask God. People have left that place. You are a child. If all, all, everything is forgiveness because you are preoccupied with sin, you are preoccupied with, with doing things the master does not like. So everything about you is forgiveness. Your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. You have been pardoned. You've been released from spiritual death through his name because you have confessed his nature, believing in him as savior. Can we go on? I write to you fathers, hallelujah. Those believers who are spiritually mature. This is where everybody wants to end. Hallelujah. People who have grown, people who have gone through processes and at the end, God is saying, you are spiritually mature. You know what you are doing. You know what you are doing in this world. Because you know him who has existed from the beginning. These people, they know God. They know God. Not just a... Uh, <laughs> God, they calling different names of God. No, they've had experiences, they've had encounters that has shaped their lives. They know God, and this is the one I love. I'm writing to you, young men, because this is where all of us fall into. Those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity, those who are fighting, fighting for their faith, fighting for their salvation, fighting away darts and arrows of darkness. They are fighting for their lives. I write to you young men, believers who are growing in spiritual maturity. You have been victorious. You have overcome the evil one. Hallelujah. The truth is, you cannot move from one stage to the other like that. It's not automatic. Are you with me? Until you have satisfied certain requirements in each stage. Until God sees you that as a child, you are not having small sense. Then you can now move from child to young man. Then when you are at the stage of young man, you have fought your battle successfully like David. You have fought, you have fought. You have fought with lions, you fought with tigers. You have fought for your home, you fought for your family, you fought for your church, you fought for the nation. You are fighting. And you succeed. By his mercy, you now graduate to father. Spiritual maturity is now your role. Well, no, no, it's not just to say come as spiritual father. There are prerequisites to end that title, spiritual father. A man who cannot influence your life. A man who you look at and you are not challenged. A man who you look at and you don't say, when I'm grown, I want to be like this. Don't call him spiritual father. Don't call someone spiritual father because of material things you get from the person. But call someone spiritual father because of intangible things you cannot touch. Spiritual resources and contributions he's making into your life. Somebody who is holding your hand as a young man, teaching you how to fight. Telling you how life will be and how to attack everything that goes on. Hallelujah. And Bible says, it's in your youth. When you are young, that's when you should bear your yoke. It's when you are young, you should do everything you really desire to do for God. Because when you are old, there are many things age will not let you. Hallelujah. Lamentations 3 verse 27. When you are young, it's a time to bear the yoke of God. It's a time to do the difficult things. It's a time to go on the long fasts. You will not tell somebody of 60, 70 years to go on 40 days fast. There are some things you will not just tell the person to do. 
you not tell such an old person to, to be fasting, dry fast. No. There are some things that old people cannot do again. So that you will not live a life of, ah, I always said I would do this. I always said that we should not live in regrets. There's a time to bear any yoke you want to bear for God. Anything you want to do to preserve your life. Anything you want to do to secure your future. You want to do to secure your salvation. You want to do to secure your eternity. This is a time to make that investment. Hallelujah. Amen. People think God does not like happiness. In quotes. People think God, God is there to, to disturb your life. People think God doesn't want us to express ourselves because they have a very, let me use the word, skilled, very weird interpretation of what freedom is. People want to be reckless. People want to do whatever they like and they still want to carry the name of God. It does not work. You must choose this day who you will save. You cannot be reckless. You cannot be a man who, who wants to say in quotes, I want to express myself. And you also want to bear the name of God. And I will ask you, for those who have lived recklessly in the past, one of them should come and tell me how reckless, hopeless life has helped them. And be happy to hear. That's why our big daddy and uncle Solomon said, all is vanity. I'm preparing your mind with all this just to let you know that some things are not worth dying for. Some things are not worth trading God for. Hallelujah. You know, in this world of freedom, everybody trying to do anything. You know, the world, the world has gone so bad that everything is now permissible under the sun. I even see believers no longer know where they stand. But for me, I say freedom, true freedom, true freedom in this life is the ability to say, I will not do this and yet I don't feel deprived. Yet I feel normal. I see a damsel, she looks nice, she looks everything beautiful together. I say, I will not desire you in an evil way and yet you feel normal. You don't feel deprived. There are two things. It is one to feel like you have lost something because you did not do that thing. Are you with me? It's another thing to feel like I didn't lose anything, rather I gained. So some people are saying I'm not engaging in X, Y, X, Y, Z things, but in the depths of their heart, they are feeling deprived. They are feeling like God is cheating them. They have to repent. That is not true freedom. The kind of freedom God wants for us is where you don't live like the world yet you don't feel you are losing anything that is the freedom we should all attain that's the freedom we should all desire not where you are not doing certain things you're not engaging in immorality physically then you now be feeling like ah it's god if not before god i fall <laughs> that i fall no at all you need mercy hallelujah the commandment of god is what brings freedom the commandment of God is what it, it allows us to be our fullest under the constraints that the word creates for us. 
the word of God is not out to cause us pain not at all it's a defense for us and the truth is many of us we feel we start feeling like we know too much we not jump over the fence and what you see on the other side is not good a lot of scars a lot of wounds lions and wolves wild animals stay there demons by the devil they are waiting for people who will jump the fence of the world they will devour them the truth is at the face of the young of this youth is when people make a lot of mistakes mistakes that they look back in their lives and they ask us what was i thinking yeah, where did i think i will end up like this it's a phase that the devil wants people to experiment try everything and why are they doing this they want to waste your time he wants to waste waste your time waste your time so that you will see that even at 60 you still want to be roaming and people will say ah, ah, this thing don't follow this man from from Tete even in old age as he's going to the grave he say bury me with a woman <laughs> my god it's a serious matter God help us God help us the devil wants to injure people injure, injure them, waste them he wants to waste them to the point that there will be nothing left in their heart for God are you with me? it's just like God gives you a heart of love 100% the devil wants you here, wants you there destroys you, your heart starts getting hardened, hardened, hardened and at the end there's nothing even left for, for God to come and use but there is something that God has prepared. It's called mercy. Mercy is what will change everything. Hallelujah. So today I'm asking us and we're asking ourselves. How do we recover all we have lost? How do we recover lost years? Lost seasons? How do we recover lost encounters? Lost relationships? Lost opportunities? There is a tool, there is a provision by God for recovery. It's called mercy. It's called mercy. I'm going to pray. Father God, anyway, I've lost track. I come back in the name of Jesus. May my feet not walk the way, the way of no return. May I not go lost in this world. Let me not spend my life roaming, 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 window shopping, checking, never settling with God. Let me not spend my life testing Satan, testing God. Let me not waste my life roaming about. Father Lord, we receive grace today to pitch our tents with you. We receive grace today to choose you above all in the name of Jesus the aim of the devil is to waste waste every person that God has created but the truth is when he thinks he's done with you there is something God brings to say are you ready to come are you ready if you are ready here's my mercy take it and let's start afresh the mercy of God is a brand new opportunity to give you life to give you hope the mercy of God is an opportunity to help you escape escape the final destruction 
that is designed by the enemy for your life. I wrote here, mercy is a technology God uses to give you a fresh start. It's his design, it's his creation, it was his idea that instant judgment may not work for everybody. Are you with me? Instant judgment did not even work for Adam. That's why the redemptive plan of Jesus Christ had to, had to, had to be put in place. Instant judgment will not work for everybody. There are some people, you hit them once, their brain will set. There are some people, you need to hit them like up to three, four times. But once their brain set, they go mad like Paul. Are you with me? You'll be begging them to slow down for Jesus. But they'll say, no. There is so much to be covered. They will even run faster than the one who brought them to the Lord. Are you with me? His mercy is available. So probably some of us are thinking, I've, I've done many things. What is remaining in my life? Stop there. There is something God created. It's a technology called mercy. He gives you a blank check. He gives you new clothes. He gives you new opportunities. He forgets everything about yesterday. And he says, if you are ready, let us start fresh. And I pray when God comes knocking, we don't shut the doors of our hearts. Raising pleasure above eternity. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to Luke 18 verse 35. Mercy is a fresh opportunity to help you regain what you lost. Amplified version, please. Hallelujah. As he was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting beside the road begging. When he heard a crowd going by, he began to ask what this was about. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth, mercy is passing by. He shouted out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who were leading the way with anger, they were telling him, shut up, shut up. But he screamed the more, son of David, have mercy on me because this man knew if I miss Jesus this time, I will die in my condition. And that's how it is for some people. Jesus will come in many ways, but there is one final come, Jesus will come. That is all. And these guys realize that Jesus will not pass my road again. I will die trying to get Jesus. That was, his, that was his approach. He was desperate. He was screaming. Even people told him to shut up. Shut up. He refused to shut up. He said, let me die in the process. At least I know I died trying to get the mercy that only Jesus can give. Because after this time, you don't know how long, how many more days Jesus had to live before crucifixion. He said, ah, this Jesus. Anything can happen. But before Jesus... We pass and not pass this road again. I must get something from this man. Those who were leading the way, they were telling him, yes, we can go to, to 40. And because of his persistence, Jesus stopped and ordered that the blind man be led to him. And when he came near to Jesus, when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? That is what mercy does. They're like, Jesus, see my life, see my life. See my life. See what I've become. See what I've turned to. Look at me. But he will ask you one question. The question comes from mercy. Mercy. This is mercy speaking. What do you want me to do for you? 
there are so many questions in your heart there's confusion all over you you look lost you look troubled what can i do for you what can i do for you he said lord help me regain my sight this man you can go back to 41 could see before help me regain my sight i know what it is to see bright lights i know what it is to see the sun to see the colors i know what it is to see beautiful faces but certain things have happened in my life. I've lost touch with you. I've lost track. Help me regain my sight. Can some of us just bow our heads? If this is where you are, just pray. Help me regain my sight. The good things I used to see in God, the beautiful experiences I used to have, is gone. Help me regain my sight. I don't want to die blind. I don't want my life to end like this. Blindness. Who has blindness helped? Blindness ensures you keep falling into traps and pits. You fall into temptation. You fall into troubles. You fall into sin. But cry out, God, help me regain my sight. Your mercy is like a river. Let me drown in that experience. Let me never recover. Help me regain my sight. I want to see again. Let my life make sense. Hallelujah. Verse 42. Jesus said to him, Regain your sight. Regain your sight. And today, I say to every one of us present here, Regain your sight. If you are struggling to stand up again, if you are struggling to find God, if you are struggling to find meaning in life, Regain your sight in the name of Jesus. Your personal trust, your confident faith in me has made you well. Hallelujah. Just a few seconds. Hallelujah. Blindness has not helped anybody. And may we not desire blindness. May we not find joy living in blindness. A God sees our peace when we start walking towards the road of blindness in Jesus' name. And here again, we say dry bones will only rise on the ground of mercy. You see, some people have risen to great heights and stature, and something caught them down. Only the mercy of God can bring them back. There's no encouragement, there's no counseling that will save them. There's a level you should rise to. And never consider falling. Hallelujah. Dry bones, ordinarily, people have left them say, This one, nothing good. His life is useless. Nothing will come out of this one. It's a, it's a useless case. But if any dry bone, if anybody who was somebody loses it and comes back, it's the mercy of God. Can we go to Job 14, verse 79? Hallelujah. But there is hope of a tree. But there is a hope of someone who has done exploits, who has been great with God. There is hope for a tree. If it be cut down, it will sprout again. And the tender brand thereof will not cease. Though the root wax old in the earth, time is passing, the root is waxing old, no hope, and the stock thereof die in the ground. Death is setting in. But God is saying, at the sense of my mercy when I come 
that person will find life. It's a board. It will bring forth bowls like a plant. Hallelujah. So maybe you're in the category of, oh, I used to be there, but now I'm here. This word is for you. At the scent of water, you will come alive. If any man will finish this race strong and well, it will only be by mercy. The Bible says that the race is not to the swift. Hallelujah. It's not because you know how to run too fast. It's not because you know how to keep the Lord's commandments. No. If you will finish well and finish strong, it will be because God overlooked at several points in your life instant judgment. He gave you an extension. He gave you an extension. He gave you another opportunity. Hallelujah. Come go to Philippians 3, verse 1 to 11. We know Paul was a murderer. He was a killer. It was the same Paul that at the end of his life he said, I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. What can change the testimony of a murderer like that? The testimony of someone who took joy and pride in killing Christians. He fought, he fought the church with his blood, with his life. And at the end of his life, he said, I fought a good fight. I fought a good fight. If God did not show Paul mercy, that would never have happened. So maybe you think, I've killed. I've done the worst. Let it go. You are just like Paul. Look at the life of Paul. Look at what he accomplished. That will just tell you again that even if you you are considered useless, you have done the worst things. If you embrace the gift of mercy, your life can change and be like that of Paul. Time is running out, so I may not be able to read through all this. Hallelujah. You know, when God confronted Saul before he became Paul, was a show of mercy. When God comes to correct you, it's a show of mercy. When God puts the, in the heart of a brother to come and correct you, it's a show of mercy. But for some of us, it's a thing of pride. It's a thing of uh, this small. When did you give your life to Christ? That you are coming to. to they will say, George. Everything is not judgment. Sometimes it can just be correction. Correction. Say, brother, I see the way you are going. I see the road you are treading. It's mercy at work. And today, if you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Hallelujah. Time, sorry, mercy is a tool used by God to compress time. When I say compress time, I'll explain. For people who have wasted a lot of their years, when they now come back, they will now see people in their category. They've gone far. But what the mercy of God will do is this. It will help you compress time. You will see that what some of them achieved in five years, the mercy of God is strengthening you. You accomplish it in one year. But you will do something, you must pay a price or you will shed blood. It's difficult. You will pray and fast out of season. You go crazy like Paul. You go mad. That guy lost it. He lost it for God. He lost it completely. So that even those who call themselves disciples of Jesus, when Paul comes around, they also shake. They said, this guy was not with Jesus. But see his life. His life challenged them. Hallelujah. The mercy of God will compress time. But you also must do something. Hallelujah. You must pray. You must fast without season. You must pay a price. You must let go. 
when those who think they have arrived are spending two hours praying you that God has shown mercy you will pray extra because you want to make up make up for everything you have, you have wasted mercy is also a tool used by God to extend time he's extending time hoping the sinner will realize and come to repentance hallelujah so when you do something God does not strike you dead it's mercy that saved you but it's giving you time will you repent will you change but some people think God is a joke they continue but God is saying that I'm not willing that any should perish but that all all everybody should come to repentance and for this reason God is willing to extend the time of judgment so that everybody can come in mercy begs God to give the sinner more time even when he deserves a judgment of death hallelujah Luke 13 verse 6 to 9 his mercy is new every day hoping that all will come to repentance he spoke also this parable a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard he came and sought fruit and found none this was a legitimate desire of the owner of the farm i cannot plant and at the end of the year you don't grow if you don't grow i will not waste time i clear you out and i plant new seeds but he was about to do that he said to the dresser of the vineyard behold these three years I come seeking fruit in the life of this brother. I come seeking fruit in the life of this sister. I'm finding none. Say, cut it down. Is it stopping my ground? It's just covering the ground for nothing. Cut it off. Hallelujah. Can we go to it? And the vine, the dresser said, Lord, just leave it for this year. Hmm? I will dig around it. I will dung it. Just leave. I'll cancel her more. I will encourage her. I'll be praying for her. I'll be sending her WhatsApp. Sometimes I'll bring her to my house so we can pray, pray together. He said, if it bears fruit, good. But if it does not, after that, cut it down. It's just to tell us that some of us are in our dying minutes of, of God begging us. To. You understand? For some people, it's somebody's prayer that is restraining judgment because mercy is getting to his limits mercy is saying i've tried i've tried but you don't want to change hallelujah when a man rededicates his life to god saying god i'm coming back at the prodigal son there's mercy at work the fact that somebody even realizes i've heard god though i need to come back there's mercy at work some people never experienced that they went into sin and they died there are you with me so if you ever find someone that says i want to rededicate celebrate that life some people go they, they are lost forever because there's a kind of sea finish they're like this god i don't know i'm now waiting there again if any man will come back come back come back from from his waka waka if any girl will come back celebrate their lives because the mercy of god is what has rescued those ones hallelujah and this one some people may not like it 
is mercy that exposes a believer who is living a double standard life. When you say you are born again, but behind the scene, you have like three services going on. A first service for God, second service for one person. But you know, several services are going on in your life. You are worshipping many gods. Many things are, 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 are taking your worship. If such a person is exposed, it's not wickedness. You have saved the soul. It's the mercy of God that exposes a believer who is living a double standard. It's the mercy of God that removes a veil that has covered his or her sin so that God can treat him in the hospital of repentance. Hallelujah. I know when the Bible says that if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. When you now come to the hospital, God will so treat your hand and so that if you find the opportunity to use that hand to sin again, that hand will not have the power. Are you with me? The hand will now be dead. Dead to steal. Dead to shoot. Are you with me? As I said, cut it off. Not like you carry a knife and cut it off. That, that hand will lose its ability. Will lose its strength to do those things that I used to do before. It's mercy that keeps anybody from falling. That's another thing that mercy does for us. Jude 1 verse 24. There is something in God. There is a place in God that keeps a man from falling. If you are standing, it's by mercy. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling. And we worship the most high God who is able to keep us from falling. Who will present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. It's not our strength that has kept us standing. But his mercy keeps us from falling. And not too far from us, COVID-19. If COVID-19 did not kill you, like all of us, it did not kill us. It was his mercy. There were some people who did not deserve to die. There were some people who still had so much to bring to life. But they died. Were they so bad? No. Luke 13, 1 to 5. Can we read that quickly? If you are still alive, you've escaped death narrowly. If God has saved you from, from dangerous places, it's his mercy. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. What it means here is not like you mingled. They came to the temple when these people were, were offering sacrifices and they slaughtered them there. They killed them. Just like Boko Haram and all those kind of things. That's what they mean by blood mixed with sacrifices. So when people die like that, is it, is it their unrighteousness that killed them? Is it their wickedness? But you that you are not consumed like that is the mercy of God. Jesus answered and said to them, Are you saying that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffer such things? Are you saying those people, they were, they were too bad? Are you saying these people that are being kidnapped? Are you saying they are too bad? These people that were killed on this cardinal railway. Are you saying they were too bad? No. But when you see some things happen to some people, and God has created an opportunity of escape for, for you. Just thank him. It's his mercy at work. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord, for everything. And you know the truth. Every deliverance you enjoy as a believer, only God can give it to you. Are you with me? There are some enemies we confront in life. There are some that are so strong. They are too strong. 
are too strong for us. Psalm 18 verse 17. But by the mercy of God, we are delivered from enemies that are too strong for us. Hallelujah. He delivered me from my strong enemy. From them that hated me. They were too strong for me. I didn't have the strength to confront them and overcome. But God, your mercy delivered me. Hallelujah. If you hear his voice today, please don't harden your heart. And God, keep us from falling. I will pray this prayer. Let me never become a tool that the devil will use to fight the work of God. Can we pray? Let me never become a tool that the devil will use to fight the work of God. God, I want to be a gift in your hands. I want to be a blessing in your hands. I want to yield fruits in your hands. I want to be a fruit bearer. I want to be a child you'll be proud of. Let there be nothing the devil will find in the lives of our children. As you pray for yourself, pray for your children. I invoke the mercy of God over me and my children. They shall not be overtaken by the confusion in this world. The Lord will keep us from harm. The Lord will keep us from evil. The Lord will keep our hearts soft. The Lord will make sure that we keep feeling and asking ourselves, what will Jesus do? How is God taking this? May we never lose a heart of love towards the Father. Oh God, we thank you for your word. It has blessed us. It has blessed me. And our lives are changed. King of glory, you have come today. You are calling many of us. You are wooing us. Your mercy has extended another opportunity to us. But it's left for us if we will take it or not. At this point in time, I just want to ask, is there anybody in the house who is saying, God, this is your mercy. I want to embrace it. I'm tired of living life on my terms. I'm tired of doing things my way. I want to experience this mercy. I need a fresh start. I need a fresh start. People are telling me, this is not you. You are more than this. You are better than this. If you are here in the house and the Spirit of God is purging your heart, is prodding you, is telling you, it's high time you return. Can you just lift up your hands so I can pray with you? Is anybody here today? God is telling you, this is my mercy. I've stretched my time. I've extended your grace period. I've extended your grace period. I've given you time to repent over and over and over again. It's time to come home. If there's anyone like that, can you just raise your hand so we can pray with you? Father God, we just thank you for your people. We thank you for your children. We say, Lord God, their lives will not be spent roaming. Their lives will not be chased, spent chasing shadows. I also want to pray for anyone who is here who wants to dedicate his or her life to God. I'm saying, God, I wandered far away. I want to come back. I want to come back. I've wandered. I've, I've lost direction. I want to come back. Spirit of God, help me. Can we just pray, God? You are the one who is able to keep a man from falling. You are the one who keeps us standing. You are the one who covers us, even when we deserve instant judgment. You are the one who will make sure we finish strong. You are the one who will keep our hands strong. God, we thank you because this life will not consume any of us. 
Thank you, Lord, because the wickedness of this world will not swallow us. Majestic House has escaped and will continue to escape. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.